Hey true crime besties, welcome back to an all new episode of Serialistly. Hey everybody, welcome back to an all new episode of Serialistly with me, Annie. And today is our new series bonus type episodes where it is called Headline Highlights. Now, these episodes, as a reminder, drop every Thursday during the week and it's called Headline Highlights because that's what we do. We talk about all of the highlights in true crime this week, any of the headlines in some of these cases, case updates, everything that is going on in the true crime world that maybe doesn't necessarily warrant its own single video because maybe the case update is just a brief little couple sentence updates or maybe because it's a brand new case emerging that we don't know much about. So that's what Thursday Headline Highlights is where we just kind of go through what's been happening in the true crime world this week. Now, I want to make sure to remind everybody that today is the last day to enter our giveaway, which is $500 cash money. So if you want to make sure that you get all the details on that, if you want to enter, make sure you check out the pinned tweet on my Twitter account, which is at underscore 10 to life, or check out my YouTube community post or go to the Facebook page for this podcast, Serialistly. And you can find all the information there on all of them. So with that being said, please also take a quick second, rate, review, do all the podcast things. So in today's episode of Headline Highlights, we are going to discuss the latest news on everything true crime related that has transpired since last episode last Thursday. And guys, there has been a lot this week was busy and we have got a lot to cover. There are some updates in Oakley Carlson's case, the recently reported death of 14-year-old Lil Tay, and a missing mother, Rachel Morin, who was found dead on a trail after being reported as missing. So let's dive right into everything. New information, oh, and let me also add, there's also some updates in the Alexi Treviso case that I'm going to talk to you guys about too, which this information just came out. We also, we already know that she was like filing a wrongful death suit for the baby that she allegedly killed and dumped in the trash can in the hospital after giving birth. She's now claiming that the nurse killed the baby. Yeah, you heard that right. So we're going to talk about everything. So let's start with Oakley Carlson. New information regarding Oakley Carlson's disappearance has surfaced, and what has been revealed paints a terrifying picture of what may have been her last days and what may have happened to her. Oakley Carlson's last credible sighting was when she was seen on February 10th, 2021 in Oakville, Washington. However, her biological parents allegedly told the Grays County Sheriff's Office that they last saw her alive on November 30th, 2021. She was reported missing to the Grays County Sheriff's Office back in December of 2021, and officials had said that her disappearance and the circumstances around it were, in fact, suspicious. 
Now, I want to read this excerpt for you because according to Fox 13 and True Crime Daily, and I quote, On August 1st, the Washington State Court of Appeals published an opinion after the Grays Harbor County Sheriff's Office filed motions with the court to unseal juvenile records relating to the Carlson children. According to the court document, the Department of Children, Youth, and Families, also known as DCYF, conducted 11 investigations into the family since April 2013, including eight separate occasions relating to allegations of domestic violence, abuse, drug use, and medical neglect. Oakley's sibling, who was referred to as DC in the court document, has a developmental disability caused by a rare genetic syndrome that requires daily injections. There were allegations that the mother, Jordan, had unaddressed mental health issues and she was not accessing services for this one-year-old child in June of 2017. DCYF conducted an investigation but did not follow up because the intake was apparently screened out. A month later, there was another intake alleging that DC did not get her medication and that there was domestic violence and meth use inside the home. Oakley and her sister, DC, were placed in different care while another sibling was put with his father. In January of 21, officials got reports that Oakley appeared to have some scratches and a bruising on her face. The bio parents refused to cooperate with the investigation. Then, before Oakley disappeared, the mother, Jordan, allegedly told Oakley School that she started a fire in their home. Oakley started a fire. When school officials went to Oakley's home, she was nowhere to be found. Oakley's parents allegedly told police that they lost track of Oakley around that time, and then they also reported her as missing in December. Oakley's grandfather, however, said that he had not seen this little girl since Christmas of 2020, a year prior. The parents were, of course, later arrested, and DCYF filed dependency petitions for Oakley, DC, and another sibling, JC, following their arrest. DC told police that Oakley started the house fire with the mother's torch and was subsequently beaten for it. DC also reportedly said that Oakley was under her mother's bed and in the woods. Oakley's other sibling allegedly informed police their mother abused Oakley and JC and that Oakley was kept in a locked cell underneath the stairs. It was previously reported that Oakley's sister told investigators that her mother told her not to talk about Oakley and that Oakley had gone out into the woods and had been eaten by wolves, which on what fucking planet, sorry, excuse my language, does a mother tell their young child not to talk about their sibling and that they were eaten by wolves in the woods? It is sick. So, as we know, Oakley has still not been found, and there is currently an $85,000 reward raised by her community for anyone who can lead investigators to Oakley. Oakley's bio mom, Jordan, was sentenced recently to 43 months in prison, and this was on Monday after she accepted a last-minute plea deal in an identity theft case that is not linked to Oakley. So I have broken down this story 
in a lot of detail. It's one that we have been following very closely on my YouTube channel, 10 to Life. We have a playlist for it, in fact. So if you want to get fully caught up in this story and what's going on with Oakley's case, because it is pretty unbelievable some of the details of and the failures in my opinion of the system but like with all the details of the siblings the parents I have all of that over and it's parked on my YouTube so you can go and you can either just search on YouTube 10 to life Oakley Carlson or I will leave a link in the show notes here for you so now moving in to Lil Tay, the 14-year-old who has allegedly now died, who was an influencer who first got her start at, I believe it was nine years old. She went viral for rapping on social media. I'm trying to make my mom proud. You don't need to ask dumbass questions. Can I ask you a question? Oh, uh, sure. Go ahead. Why your mama make you so ugly? No one's forcing me to do this. That's not true that she wants to make money off of me. All y'all grown-ass men hating on a nine-year-old She is a well-mannered and a great kid. But that's not what comes across on the internet. To all y'all broke-ass haters, y'all ain't doing it like Lil Tay. This is why all y'all fucking haters hate me, bitch. This shit cost me 200000 I'm only nine years old. I ain't got no license, but I still drive this sports car, bitch. Your favorite rapper ain't even doing it like Lil Tay. My mom doesn't run social media. I use my own Instagram. This car cost me 130000 bitch. No grown-ass man hating on me, but that ain't changing nothing. I'm still gonna be rich. I'm the youngest flexor of the century, bitch, and I'm only nine years old. I'm trying to make my mom proud. Like, y'all are here hating on me. You have a family. Go enjoy that. Why are you wasting your time? I'm trying to chase my dreams. I'm trying to spread positivity. And y'all are just here hating on me for no reason. I mean, that was before. Like, now I'm happier than before. This is my decision. I'm happy with what I'm doing. According to People Magazine, Lil Tay went viral in 2018 at the age of nine for posting sensationalized videos on Instagram that included herself rapping and using many um, explicit words about living a lavish lifestyle. And they called this the youngest flexor of the century. That's kind of what she was dubbed as. The Canadian performer was known for recording videos with rappers and garnered a great deal of criticism for appropriating hip-hop culture and using the N-word. As New York's The Cut reported in 2019, Tay's brother Jason, starting at age 16, orchestrated much of her social media presence. The pair, as well as their mother Angela Tian, were said to have caused a great deal of confusion in the industry at the time by taking meetings and discussing deals without signing any contracts. So on Wednesday this week, a statement was shared on Lil Tay's Instagram account, which has not actively posted anything since 2018. And the statement reads, It is with a heavy heart that we share the devastating news of our beloved Claire's sudden and tragic passing. We have no words to express the unbearable loss and indescribable pain. The outcome was entirely unexpected and has left all of us in shock. Her brother's passing adds to an even more unimaginable depth to our grief. 
During this time of immense sorrow, we kindly ask for privacy as we grieve this overwhelming loss as the circumstances surrounding Claire and her brother's passing are still under investigation. Claire will forever remain in our hearts, her absence leaving an era. Sorry, guys, I can't. Her absence leaving an irreplaceable void that will be felt by all who knew her and loved her. I was trying to read that statement and I really got tripped up on my words for a second. However, so this post was made. Everybody started going crazy. I think there, when I saw the post yesterday, it was at like 46,000 comments were on this post. E! News was reporting it. CNN, Fox. I mean, it was everywhere. But... In a really weird twist, People Magazine and many other outlets have been unable to verify the news of her death. The Los Angeles Police Department and the Los Angeles County Department of the Medical Examiner and Coroner have no record of the alleged death. In fact, nearly all of the news outlets reporting her death have only cited that Instagram post. All right, guys, you know that I've been pretty open with you guys about my sleeping patterns or lack thereof because I've never been a solid sleeper and I've tried everything from Ambien to Valerian Root to Melatonin. Nothing works for me. And even when I'm able to fall asleep, I can never seem to stay asleep because if I toss once, I'm up, my mind is racing, I'm not going back to sleep. But that all changed for me about seven months ago thanks to my husband and thanks to my husband for introducing me to Beam's Dream Powder. I was a personal consumer already for the last seven months, so you know that when they asked me if I was interested in partnering with them, it was a no-brainer because I can't say enough good things about it. It's a healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar, and it tastes like hot chocolate, so it's like a little treat right before bed plus the added bonus of helping you sleep. A recent clinical study revealed that Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed, and 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. Now for the magic sauce. Dream can contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano-CBD to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. It's also now available in tons of delicious flavors like sea salt caramel, cinnamon cocoa, and chocolate peanut butter, even mint chip, which my personal favorite is the sea salt caramel because it literally tastes like hot chocolate. Better sleep has never tasted better, and I'm telling you, nothing else has worked for me, and this stuff does. I've been sharing it now with you guys for about a month because I don't gatekeep my secrets and I feel like everybody should have good sleep and know about this and literally over 150 of you have already emailed or dm'd me telling me you tried it and how much you love it also I wear an aura ring that tracks my sleep and on the nights that I don't drink the tea my sleep scores are in like the 30s and 40s versus the nights when I do drink it and they're in the high 90s so it's totally proven just drink it 30 minutes before you want to be asleep and it's lights out and you don't wake up feeling foggy or groggy or with a headache it is the best. Find out why Forbes and New York Times are all talking about Beam and why it's trusted by the world's top athletes and business professionals. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, subscribe and save 20%, plus get an additional 20% off and a free frother with my code 10 to life when you go to shopbeam.com slash Annie Elise. That's shopbeam.com slash Annie Elise and use my code 10 to life for up to 40% off guys go snag this deal while you can and email me with how it changed your sleep i will also include the direct link in the show notes below but trust me go try it you are going to be obsessed with it i have been drinking it religiously for like seven months and you will be obsessed i guarantee it 
According to the New York Daily News, Lil Tay's ex-manager appears suspicious about the legitimacy of her reported death, which was reported by her family. The influencer's father later refused to confirm whether, in fact, she was deceased or not. So Little Tay's former manager, Harry Swang, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and said that he was in communication with individuals who have an intimate understanding of the family situation, saying that given the complexities of the current circumstances, I am at a point where I cannot definitively confirm or dismiss the legitimacy of the statement issued by the family. Furthermore, the police department in Vancouver, where Claire was believed to be living as of 2021, said it hadn't received reports of their deaths either, saying, as of now, we are not aware of her death and are not investigating anything. So now this news from the Vancouver Police Department, as well as L.A. County, directly contradicts the statements on the Instagram post that said, as the, circum- surround- as the circumstances surrounding Claire and her brother's passing are still under investigation. So what the heck is going on here? I am certainly not implying that little Tay's death isn't real, but overall the situation seems a little bit off, and I don't want to speculate further into this because of the sensitive nature, but I do hope that the truth comes out either way, because there are a lot of allegations flying right now about certain people's involvement and people's involvement and responsibility that actually could be tied to these deaths if that is in fact real. So I'm going to follow that closely and I'll keep you guys updated. So now moving into Rachel Morin, who I want to talk with you guys about. She Rachel's a mother with five children and she disappeared on a well-known Maryland hiking path on Saturday, only to be discovered lifeless the following day. Authorities are now frantically searching for any evidence that might point them to the individual responsible for her death. Rachel is a 37-year-old parent with a passion for fitness, and she was located deceased on that that, um, Maryland Heritage Trail after an extensive two-day hunt. This search involved both law enforcement and local volunteers who thoroughly examined the forested area for any signs of her. She had been reported as missing by her boyfriend Richard Tobin at 1130 on Saturday night, and then her remains were found less than 24 hours later. Rachel's relatives have initiated a GoFundMe campaign to collect funds for her memorial service and to support her five children, highlighting that she did not have a life insurance plan. On the GoFundMe, Rachel's sister Rebecca wrote, This was a deliberate act of violence, and she was not taken willingly. She merits a memorial service that reflects her grace. On Tuesday, law enforcement requested assistance from those who might have been on that trail that Saturday or who live close to the trail's beginning and have exterior security cameras. They were asked to check their images and footage for anything that might seem out of the ordinary. And officials from the Hartford County Sheriff's Office refrained from commenting on whether they had identified any potential suspects. However, Sheriff Jeffrey Goller informed a local news station on Monday afternoon that investigators are not dismissing the possibility that Rachel's death might have been a random occurrence. 
And even more disturbingly, the New York Post reported that the Maryland mom of five found dead on a hiking trail over the weekend was naked and beaten so brutally that the right side of her face was gone. And this was, and the stepfather of the friend who discovered her remains is the one who reported that, saying she was laying on her back, fully naked, and she had brutal head trauma. It looked like her head had been smashed in with a rock. And that is just absolutely haunting because this guy, Michael Gabretsky, had told this quote to the Daily Mail of that harrowing moment that his stepdaughter Cecilia found her 37-year-old friend in a drain tunnel on that trail on Sunday afternoon. Again, further saying, and I quote, there was a 15 to 20 foot blood trail, so it looked like she had been beaten and dragged into that position. It looked like the killer was trying to erase her identity. The right side of her face was gone. This description was corroborated by another source close to the family who told the same outlet that Rachel suffered disfiguring injuries. Michael added that he, Cecilia, and her friend Evan were looking for Rachel near the trail's drainage tunnels after noticing some disturbances in the ground. And he said that Cecilia was the first person to see the body. She was, of course, shocked and horrified by this, and she was hyperventilating really, really bad. And then the police told her to sit down, and when she sat down, she realized that she was sitting in a big pool of blood. They go on to say, I hope they prosecute the perpetrator to the fullest extent of the law. As of right now, the police have not confirmed a cause of death or identified any potential suspects. They say that they have received over 100 tips. Rachel's boyfriend, Richard Tobin, does have a lengthy rap sheet, including second-degree assault, violating restraining orders, and resisting arrest all in the past, and he has denied any and all involvement in Rachel's death. Richard is 27 years old, so 10 years younger than Rachel. He posted to his Facebook page, and I quote, I love Rachel. I would never do anything to her. Let the family and I grieve. Yes, I have a past, but I also have 15 months clean and have changed as a person. Please. Investigators say that they have spoken to Richard as well as many other people who are close to Rachel. So the details so far in this case are absolutely heinous and extremely disturbing, especially if this was, in fact, a random attack. This case is still developing, and I will be paying very close attention to it and possibly put out an episode about this case either over here on the podcast pretty soon or on my YouTube channel, Tend to Life, where I post tons of true crime cases all the time um, as soon as there's enough information to give you guys a full rundown of this case. So now moving quickly into Alexi Treviso. We know that Alexi is the 19-year-old, Alexi's the 19-year-old girl who gave birth in the hospital and threw her baby in the trash allegedly murdering him. And Months went by after this happened. She wasn't arrested until I believe it was May. Then there was a lawsuit filed for wrongful death against the hospital, which many thought this was just a ploy to try to, you know, get out of the murder charges so that she could go with the non-guilty route, all of these things. Well, now new information has surfaced that not only is she blaming the hospital, she specifically is blaming the nurse, blaming the nurse for killing 
her child who look we saw all of the surveillance footage we saw the interviews the body cam footage with the mother who in my opinion is just kind of off her rocker and I can't even imagine I believe the sense of like audacity and entitlement and for those of you who are not super familiar with this case I haven't done a ton of videos on them but I have done two a part one and a part two you can either listen to it here on the podcast if you go back a few episodes or you can check it out on my YouTube because on YouTube I do show a ton of the body cam footage the surveillance video from the hospital and you can just have the visual for that but you definitely want to follow this case it is pretty insane I think I had made a comment recently and I now I can't remember if I made it publicly or not so I guess I'll make it publicly now if I haven't I used to I've covered a lot of true crime cases I've covered a lot of monster mothers Casey Anthony has always been the one that has kind of stuck with me for obvious reasons and that has really jolted me that has completely gone away now and Alexi Treviso has taken that spot which I never thought somebody would take that spot but it's like I don't know Casey walked so Alexi could run I don't get like this case is just so bad and the mother's behavior is weird there's also like a shadow box shrine to the deceased baby now in the home even though she had been calling it it saying calling it nothing then allegedly threw him in the trash I mean it's wild so all this new information about the allegations against the nurse are just now surfacing so I am actually going to end up doing a bonus episode solely going over all of the updates there so that will be a part three to everything we've already talked about with Alexi so make sure you check back for that I'm probably going to have that up in the next I don't know day or two but um, I'll have it over here on the podcast and I probably also will cross post it over on YouTube. That way you can see the video of that as well. So if you don't want to miss that and you want to make sure that you stay like in the know as soon as I drop that, make sure you take a quick second right now. If you're listening to this on whatever app you're listening to, just hit the check mark in the corner to make sure you're following the podcast. That way you'll get the notification when that episode drops on your phone or you can head over to my YouTube, 10 to Life, and make sure you're subscribed. And then that way you'll see in your YouTube app when I post that video, it'll show up on your home screen. So thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode of Headline Highlights. I hope that it was informative and I hope you appreciate the coverage. Like I always say, I really want to refine this podcast and deliver the content that you guys want and that you guys like and appreciate. So please, if you have an extra 30 seconds, just leave a quick review with what aspects you like about the podcast, what you want to hear more of, whether it's con men, cults, um, family, I mean, whatever it is that interests you. And also, if you um, really do like this new series of headline highlights, please leave that in the review as well. So I know to keep doing these. So far, the feedback has been really positive with it. But I just want to make sure that everybody's seeing the value in headline highlights specifically. So please take a quick second to leave that review. And aside from that, enter the giveaway, you know where I have all of that posted either over on my Twitter, my Facebook page, um, the Serialistly Facebook page that is or my community post on YouTube and what else what else I think that's all I've got for you guys today um, thank you so much for tuning into another episode with me I will be back with you on Monday with a brand new true crime case and not so secret but I am going to probably most likely absolutely yes be dropping a bonus episode on a different case before Monday so again make sure that you are following the podcast so you don't miss it 
All right, guys, thanks again. And I will be talking with you very, very soon. Signing off. Bye-bye.